0: Thanks for checking out the Crossing College and Career podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages you and challenges you to walk confidently in your identity in Christ. I am Anisha and I am the College and Career intern, so you probably see me around here running around like a crazy lady like all the time. Um, so I probably haven't had a chance to like really get to know you guys, but um, as the intern, I basically get to throw parties for a living, which is kind of cool. I'm not really mad about it, but... It's whatever, Um, but if you haven't really gotten a chance to get to know me, um, there's not really much to know. There's only two important things that you really need to know, and that I love chicken wings. (laughs) I'm just saying there's something about the six-piece lemon pepper from Wingstop with the ranch, my God. (laughs) It does something to me. I'm not even going to lie. When when the fries hit that ranch too, it's fine. I love chicken wings. I had, no, but I don't think you guys like, no, like I had chicken wing socks, I had a chicken wing phone case, my desktop screensaver here at work was literally a plate of hot wings at one point. So it's real, it's fine, it's fine. Um. <laughs> And also, I am a professional collector of memes. I take it very, very seriously. I have um, a system in place for how I organize them on my phone and on Instagram. I take it very seriously who I send them to, all that stuff, it's very important to me. And until those two things make me a millionaire, I am also a junior at USF, so go Bulls! (laughs) Um, But I am also, like I said, food's really important to me. I'm also a total foodie. Are there any foodies in here tonight? Yes. Okay, but like like I said, I don't think you guys understand that literally like 74% of my day is me thinking about what I should eat next. Um, <laughs> I could literally be eating breakfast and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to stop at the Chinese shop, get the $6 lunch special, orange chicken with the fried rice, my God. Um, and then while I'm eating that, literally like, okay, I got to stop at Wingstop on the way home to get the six-piece lemon pepper wings for dinner. It's really bad, but... I'm slowly just accepting that that's just who I am as a person. So is my family and friends. It is what it is. It's too late at this point. <laughs> um, but with that being said, since food is just such like a huge part of my life, it's not like too weird for me to dream about food as well. Um, I don't really remember my dreams that often, but I do remember like distinctly having like food dreams because that's just how much it means to me. <laughs> um, I'm like literally getting worked up right now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> But last week, I had a really, really weird food dream, and so I'm going to share that with you guys and kind of what the Lord told me through that. Um, It's a little bit gross. I'm just going to forewarn you. If you're super, like, queasy, you might want to go to the cafe. But um, last week, I had a super weird dream where I kept throwing up sautéed onions. I know, I woke up just as confused and disgusted as you guys are looking at me right now. Um, but it wasn't like any of like the weird stuff that's also in throw up, it was literally just like endless onions. But sauteed, because I only eat onion sauteed and even Dream Me knew that, so that's good. Um, <laughs> it's like the only bougie thing about me is that I have to eat uh, onions that are sauteed, it's weird, anyway. Like I said, I woke up super confused, and my stomach was like actually hurting as if I had like just thrown up, and I was super nauseous. It's like 2.30 in the morning. I'm like, what the heck? Um, And so like I said, I don't remember my dreams often, so the fact that I remembered this dream, the fact that it was so random and so weird, I decided to like look it up. It could have been just a random dream, but I decided to look it up just because it was so weird and so random. Um, So I do what any other Gen Z millennial person does when they have a problem. I Googled it and I didn't even really know to Google like sauteed onions but then it's just like weird stuff. So I was like, "Mm." um. So I just Googled the biblical meaning of onions and just see what like popped up. And thank the Lord that the onions are only mentioned one time in the Bible because it was also like 3 a.m. And if it was a whole bunch of other stuff, I'd have been really confused. So, the God, so God was literally like, this is it. This is the answer. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Um, but like I said, the onions only mentioned one time in the whole entire Bible out of all 66 books. It's only mentioned one time. So I'm like, praise God. Um, And so the onion is actually one of the foods that the Israelites mentioned by name that they miss and that they crave from when they were in Egypt um, in Numbers 11 as they're on their way to the promised land. So we're going to read a little bit about the story, and hopefully God uh, speaks to you like he did for me. Um, So if you have your Bible, it's going to be Numbers chapter 11, starting in verse 4. If you don't, if you're a heathen, it's also going to be on the board. So we're going to start at verse 4. Also, I have to, like, preface that, yes, I did, like, graduate elementary school, um, but also the words in the Old Testament, like, really get me sometimes, so please have grace. Um, I'm going to try really hard. I did read this message, like, 18 times, but it still gets me, but here we go. Verse 4, the rabble with them began to crave other food, and again the Israelites started wailing and said, if only we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no cost. Pause. Um, I really love that they add that it was free. Like, I don't know, I just thought that was so funny. Like, not only did we have better food, it was also free. We didn't even have to cook it. It was just given to us. That is definitely me. Um, So it says that, remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no cost, also the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic. But now we have lost our appetite. We never see anything but this manna. So pause there. Um, so the Israelites are going on and on about how the only thing that God has provided to them was manna, which is basically this like grain stuff they use to make bread. Um, and so they were just like, if I just had some meat, if we just had some onions, then I would feel better. Um, and it's easy to look back and be like, okay, you guys are being like a little bit ridiculous, but we all get that crazy too when like it comes to food. Like the restaurant wait is over 10 minutes and you're about to start flipping tables. Please tell me I'm not alone. Okay, it's just me, it's fine. Um, But the Lord, he's like getting upset at this point because they're kind of being ungrateful um, that he's provided to them like all this bread. It's literally, not only do they have bread, but it's like literally endless. Like every time like it rains, like it's like endless manna. So endless bread. I don't really know why they're upset about that. That's the only reason why I go to Olive Garden. Um, But the Lord's getting upset because they're kind of being ungrateful and they're saying that they would rather uh, go back to Egypt and eat the meat than to have this manna and um, freedoms, because in Egypt, they were literally slaves, but they're like, we'd rather go back in bondage just so we can have some steak with sauteed onions on top than have this bread and freedom. And so the Lord, he goes, oh, you wanted onions? You want meat? I got you. Say less, but, Um, pause. Do I have any other brown people in this room right now? (laughs) If your parent says, "Oh, you you want that? I got you, you can, I got you. I'll show you that. Is that normally like a good thing or like a bad thing? <laughs> it's like a mission. you don't want it. It's a trap. Go back, just try something else. you'll fix something else for dinner because that ain't, that ain't happening. Um, but let's see what the Lord did. We're going to find out that God actually is brown in this story. so <laughs> let's go back to, let's go to verse 18. we're going to keep reading. Um, So he says, tell the people, consecrate yourselves in preparation for tomorrow when you will eat meat. The Lord heard you when you wailed, if only we had meat to eat. We were better off in Egypt. This is my favorite part. Now the Lord will give you meat and you going to eat it. (laughs) You will not eat it for just one day or two days, five, ten, or twenty days because he had bars but for a whole month until it comes out of your nostrils and you loathe it because you have rejected the Lord who is among you and have willed before him saying, why did we even ever leave Egypt? Whew. So apparently the Israelites didn't have the same childhood as the rest of us. And so God's like, oh, you wanted me? I got you. Say less. And they're like, Great, that's literally all we were asking for. Um, and so the Lord, he comes through and he brings in all of this quail, um, that, so much that literally everyone's able to take like an actual ton, like the actual size ton of quail. Um, so let's keep reading in verse 31. It says, Now a wind went out from the Lord and drove quail in from the sea. It scattered them up to two cubits deep all around the camp as far as a day's walk in any direction. All that day and night and all the next day, the people went out and gathered quail. No one gathered less than 10 homers, which I Googled is an actual ton. Um, Then they spread them out all around the camp. But while the meat was still between their teeth and before it could be consumed, the anger of the Lord burned against the people and he struck them with a severe plague. Therefore, the place was named Kibroth Hatava, that's one of those words, or Graves of Craving, because there they buried the people who had craved other food. So, like, I was like, Psh, it's 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, what? Um, but, yeah, so the Bible says that before they even finished chewing, the Lord gets fed up. He gets beyond angry, and he sends a plague for them, and they named the place Graves of Craving, because that's where they buried the people, who had craved the other food there. And um, the Lord is just saying, like, he just wants you to get to your promised land of freedom, of joy, of peace, of power, whatever it is that um, you're praying for, for purpose. And sometimes the road to it may, you know, seem long or redundant or just kind of like in the motions, you know, and i've been in that place where you know you're just crying out to god like how much longer until we see what you said that we are going to see until we get that peace and we get to experience what everyone else is saying that they experience because Right now, I'm trying really hard. I'm reading the Bible every day. I'm trying to stay on the right track. Maybe you're not reading the Bible every day. Let's just be real. Um, But I'm reading the Bible. I'm staying on the right track, trying to. And it's just so, like, redundant. Like, this word is getting dry. And my relationship with you, it feels dry. And it's easy to say and look back and say, life was kind of more flavorful. It was more fun. It was more exciting when I was doing it my own way. But that is such a false sense of freedom. Um, And if I'm being real and I'm being transparent with you guys, which is really hard for me to do, so just prefacing with that. um, This internship is a lot, a lot of fun, um, but it's really, really hard. And any intern here will tell you the same exact thing. Um, We all are pretty young, and so we could have opted for the college experience, um, but we chose this path and we chose this calling. And um, I remember, especially last year for me specifically, I would really go back and forth with myself and with the Lord, like, I just want to be a normal 20-year-old, like, I just want to, that's what I just kept saying, I just want to be a normal 20-year-old. And one day the Lord was really just like, what does that even mean? What are you saying? What does that mean to just be a normal 20-year-old? And I realized that what that translated to is that all my friends from high school, they get to do kind of whatever they want to without, like, any, you know, responsibilities or convictions or obligations and being here and ministry of just being honest that this work, you don't always see the fruit of your labor. It's not always tangible. And so it can be difficult when you're seeing all these other people living it up, living their best life. And, you know, you're here. Um, and I think that some of you guys might be able to relate to that too. You know, you hear Pastor Steven or Pastor Greg talking about the call that God has on your life and how he has set you apart. Um, and you—you you might believe it, like I believe it. Um, but sometimes you don't always see—you don't always see that it's worth it. And um, it can be easy to long for the other things and long for other uh, ways of freedom that the world flaunts in front of us so easily. But um, I just want to tell you guys that we have a different call. God has called us to something different. He's called us to something better. We are chosen. We have been set apart for his use, for sacred use, so that he can be glorified in this earth. And um, it can be easy to be like the, uh, the Israelites, you know, they kept saying, if only we just had me, like if that was just the thing, then we'll be fine. And it can be easy just to say that same thing, like, oh, if I could just like party whenever I want to and just do whatever I want, then I'll be okay with this life. If I can just, you know, go this far with my boyfriend or whatever, then we'll be fine. But would it really, though, like, but it really, you know, it's kind of a, like I said, a false sense of freedom. And sometimes the cravings that we have, they're not necessarily bad. But if we put them ahead of God and if we make them God and not God God, um, it can be an issue. So First Corinthians 10 says this. It's also going to be on the screen. Um, starting in verse 21, it says, You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons too. You cannot have a part in both the Lord's table and the table of demons Are we trying to arouse the Lord's jealousy? Are we stronger than he? I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. And like I said, you know, we have a different calling. We are not here to be of the world, like you said, but we're here to just be in it. And we are chosen and God is going to use us and he wants to use us. Um, And God's taking us to a higher level and We can choose to uh, live by our feelings and to live by our cravings, but we're also going to die by them. Or we can choose to live by God's calling and what he has for us so that he can take us to where he has us. And like I said, the Israelites were literally slaves. They were literally slaves in Egypt, but they felt free because they could indulge in what satisfied their immediate shallow cravings. And they left Egypt and the Lord delivered them miraculously out of bondage and out of slavery. But they brought with them their slave mentality and became slaves to what they craved. And the Lord, he never wanted them to eat the meat. Like even though he brought it, that was never his will. That was never his intention. What he wanted for them to see was that he was enough. And what he had for them was enough. Um, In verse 20 that we read earlier, it says that they rejected the Lord who was among them. Meaning that everything that they needed, they already had access to, it was already within them. And we have that same exact access today. We have access to every single thing that Jesus died to give us. Um, You know, we're praying for power, praying for peace and strength when Jesus has already given it to us. But have we been rejecting the one who lives inside of us? Have we been rejecting the one who is with us and among us? You know, the Lord says that he would give us this day our daily bread. And that he will supply everything we need to get to the place that he has called us. And to get to the promises that he has for us. Um, And the Israelites, they were so focused on their current manna that they couldn't remember that the Lord was calling them to rivers of milk and honey. And um, they lost their lives because of onions when God had something so much sweeter for them. If they could just check on with his daily bread. And so all this is happening at like 3, it's like 3.15 right now in the morning. Um, and I'm like, oh, shoot, that's good. And he's, I just felt the Lord saying like, will you become a slave to the crave? Will you become a slave to your cravings just because it feels good in the moment? And I believe that God allowed me to have this dream because I felt myself, like I said, just kind of going through the motions and I was just kind of getting tired of the manna and just, you know, I felt kind of in my heart that I was starting to long for things that God didn't have for me. And the Lord might have allowed me to indulge in some of the onions. um, But today, you know, in the dream, he literally had me, like, throwing them up. He was literally purging me of it. And he's saying, no, we are changing your appetite before you become slave to your cravings and end up almost digging your own grave and you know the lord is saying to me also and i believe that he's saying it to you guys today too is that you have too much purpose and you have too much value to lose it all just so you can have some sautéed onions <laughs> like you have so much power like God is not going to waste his time waking you up every single day if he didn't have something specific that he wanted to do through you. So if you ever feel like, you know, you don't have value, that you don't have purpose here, like you do. Like there's 7 point whatever billion other people in this earth and God keeps waking you up for a reason. Um, and so, you know, our whole church has started a fast. Um, I know I can literally already see you guys like about to walk out of the place because as soon as anyone hears the word fast, you're like, I, I'm going head out. Um, that's enough church for me today. Um, I feel that. I used to be that person. <laughs> um, but fasting, just simply put, is just temporarily giving up something to make more room and make more time for God. And, you know, the Bible always talks about, you know, biblical fasting in the terms of food. Um, But it can also be media and things like that. Because back in the day, they didn't really have have those same distractions that we do. They didn't have Netflix and Disney Plus and Instagram and TikTok and all. I can't keep up with all the the things. Um, But, you know, we have that now. And sometimes those things take precedent over God. And, you know, our phone shows us now. It's the scariest, like, feature ever. How much time you spend on social media. And, like, literally one time looked down and said six hours, like, of screen time. And I'm like... That's literally a quarter of my day, like on my phone. And I probably give God, like, you know how they say the first 15? Um, so I give him, like, the first 15 when I'm spending six hours on my phone, though. Like, that's a problem. Um, so, you know, the whole point of fasting is that we're giving up the earthly cravings, whether they're good or bad. We establish that it can be, you know, good or bad. And you're saying, God, you are enough, and what you have for me is enough. And fasting draws our attention back to God. And he's able to download those dreams and the vision that he has for us when we're able to give him our full attention. He's able to speak more clearly to us and we're able to hear him um, better. And, you know, at this age, a lot of us are super confused about, you know, what is my purpose and what's God's will for my life? Um, But we're still indulging in onions and it's super difficult to hear anything that the Lord is saying or to be walking in his will when we have one foot out and one foot in. And so the whole, like, another point of fasting is that we are all in. We're solely craving after the things of God. And um, in 2018, I was fasting, like, a lot, like, a lot. I don't really know. I was on some super spiritual high or something. Um, I fasted, like, six times that year. But I was like, okay, like, God keeps, like, speaking to me. I'm going to do this again. Why don't we do this every day? I was, I was feeling it. Um, But I saw God move in my life because of it. And the promises that he had for me manifested physically um, with a new car, like, randomly, completely free at the end of um, fasting one time. And also, like, completely paid for, like, school with random scholarships and grants that I had never even applied for or heard of. And now I'm going to college completely free um, as a result of fasting. Yes, praise God. No debt. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. but those things, like, literally are so, like, little, so minor compared to how the promises manifested spiritually in my life as well. I learned how to depend on God, and my faith got so much stronger because of it. And um, fasting, like I said, has li- so little to do with, like, the physical things. Like, yes, it's amazing. God loves you, and he wants to give you the desires of your heart. And if you pray for it, like, he is that gracious that he will give it to you. Um, but also it's training your soul to look to heaven because that's where your help comes from. That's where your strength comes from. Not what the world says that you need, says that you need to be happy to be fulfilled, um, whatever that is. Um, and you can very well, you can choose not to participate in this in this fast and you know, good for you. Um, but I will tell you that your 2020 is going to look exactly like every other year um, because until you um, get to that place where you're like, I want to experience something different and I'm tired of dealing with the same hurts and the same habits. Until you get to that place and where you can get bold before the Lord and take these doubts and take these questions that you might have, take these cravings, whatever it is and put them before the Lord. That's when he's going to be able to move so mightily in your life. And I believe that that's what God is saying to me right now. And I believe that he's saying it to you that we're so done with going through the motions because God has something so great that he wants to do for you this year. And this message isn't to condemn you, it's not to judge you, it's not to be super harsh or anything like that. If you've given into maybe the worldly cravings or whatever it is for you, um, none of us stand on this stage as exemptions from temptations and struggles. I really wish we did. I really wish that I could say that I had it, I have it all figured out because I'm on the stage. I have it all figured out because I'm an intern here, but I don't. And God had to have this same tough conversation with me that night in my bed, saying that I have so much for you. Are you willing to give it all for me? Um and just recognizing that his manna is enough for me. I don't need whatever the world is trying to offer to me because in the end, it's gonna end up in death. But what God has for me is leading me to life and it's leading you to life. And Joel too, it says that there's grace and there's redemption. Like even no matter how you spent your last year, no matter how you spent this morning, in this moment, in this place, God is here. And so is grace and so is redemption. In verse 12, it says, Even now declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. He loves you guys, and he has so much, like I said, I cannot stress this enough, how much he has for you and how much he wants to do to you. If we can just get a hold of that fact and we can just really get that in our hearts that God wants to use you, and he's not afraid of the messy prayers and questions and the doubts that you might have, but he can't move in our life if we're not willing to bring them to him and if we're not willing to return to him. I found out um, at the end of last year that the number 20 represents redemption. And so I'm believing for this year, you know, that's 2020, that it's gonna be double portion of redemption, that whatever was lost, whatever was broken in the past, whatever you, you know, however you were living before, in this moment, there's redemption. And God is saying that, there's some of you in here tonight who are ready to just start over, to start fresh this year and reclaim your life and reclaim all that God has spoken to you. Maybe you guys have heard, you know, things spoken over your life. Maybe people have said, you have a calling for this or that. You've heard the Lord speak to you. Um, but it's been a while. God's saying it's time now. It's, this is the year. I'm here to tell you that. It's happening this year. And it starts with fasting. It starts with putting away the earthly cravings, whatever it is that the Lord is trying to whatever the world is trying to say that you need, God is here right now and in him is everything that we need. You know, the Bible says that he is our portion. And sometimes that seems like we're missing out on something else. If he's only the portion, but do you realize that in him is literally life in him is literally joy and love and peace and fulfillment and everything else that we're so desperately looking for. It's in him. And that's why he is our portion. And that's why it's enough. And, um, if that's you, if you're saying like, this is the year, this is the day, this is the night that I'm gonna just start focusing on you and I'm gonna start this fast and I don't even really know like what I'm gonna do yet, yeah, I'm gonna pray about it tonight, but if that's you and you just feel it in your heart that God is just saying, tonight is the night. I just wanna pray over you right now. So if we can all just bow our heads. God, we receive this grace and redemption that you have given to us and we return to you. Holy Spirit, just rise up within us and give us conviction whenever um, we get too close to things that you don't have for us, God. I pray that you would just give us wisdom to make good decisions and you would just give us the strength that we need to fast to just check on with what you have for us, God. And to give us that vision that um, focuses on you and what you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. But also maybe there's another group of you guys and um, you know, like I said, you might've walked in here with whatever, whatever happened in years past, whatever happened even this morning. Um, But you feel like tonight, you just even wanna just start a relationship with God. You wanna start figuring out even what this daily bread is. You just wanna figure out what he has for you. Who is this God that says that he loves me and that no matter what I did, that there's grace. I wanna know more about him. If that's you, we're gonna pray And if you just feel that in your heart, we're gonna have prayer partners up here. And if that's you, just come up here and just say, hey, I received Jesus into my heart. I started a relationship with him. And we just wanna pray with you. We just wanna partner with you and say, you just made the best decision of your whole entire life. We wanna tell you that God has so much for you and that you can do it with him on your side. And so we're gonna pray um, and just repeat after me. Uh, You say, dear Jesus, God, I just thank you. I thank you for dying for me and dying for my sins. I recognize that you are God and that you have a plan for me. God, make me brand new. In Jesus' name, amen. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to check out the Crossing Church Message podcast with Pastor Greg Dukes. Once again, thank you so much for listening.